0: Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Nintex is the global standard for business process management and automation. The Nintex platform helps their clients accelerate progress on their digital transformation journeys by quickly and easily managing, automating, and optimizing business processes. Learn more at nintex.com. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. Markham. Sean.
1: What,
2: What did you want to be when you grew up?
1: I want to be a dragon. <laughs> dragon. That's what I wanted to
2: be. I wanted yeah? to be a firefighting dragon, a fire, fireman, firewoman dragon. Wait a, a
1: minute. There was, wasn't that a cartoon <laughs> when we, when we were young, a very long time <laughs> ago?
2: What was it? Uh, I don't know which cartoon. Not Pete the Magic Dragon. Was it? I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> which but I remember as
1: a kid there was this little dragon. And he was pissing off his dad, the real dragon. That the, the, the dad was burning stuff down, and he wanted to be a, a firefighter. Now, I don't know if this is an Italian <laughs> cartoon, <laughs> and you just guessed maybe, something maybe similar, but I remember that. But that's not what we're talking about today.
2: That's not what we're talking about today. But we are talking about uh, about doing doing something that may be counterintuitive, right? Um, threats and hacking and and research uh, that might be seen as, I don't know, cyber criminal uh, is can be done for good. And we need more people in the industry of cybersecurity to to take up arms, if you will, and and play a role in combating uh, the cyber dragons.
1: (laughs) Right? I mean, right? think about that. How how you connect that? And that's that's my main questions because um so that people know that we, we sometimes take <laughs> the longer road to get to the conversation and I feel like they're like, What are they talking about here? But what we're talking about is actually a book and uh it in, does include dragons and include uh threat intelligence or anyway. There there is a story, I guess, here on how in order to understand why dragons are so tricky, you have to study their behavior. And so you have to kind of like become a, a, an intelligence researcher. And and there is a connection with cybersecurity here, but this is not the cybersecurity channel, Sean. This is the not the signal.
2: No. and clearly I'm not uh making any attempt to write a book here. That's not uh, <laughs> that's not my forte, but we do have somebody on who has written a book and it is for children and it is about understanding uh, the dragons around us uh, so that we can either live amongst them or uh, get rid of them, whatever the case may be. And that's <laughs> Nic- Nicole Hoffman. Thanks, Nicole, for being part of our show today.
3: Yeah. Thanks, Sean, for having me on.
1: Yeah. And, so uh, yeah, so go you Mark. wrote this book.
3: <laughs> i did i i wrote a, a children's book and it's called the mighty threat intelligence warrior
1: and i mean we we already started mixing up cybersecurity with of course threat intelligence which is part of cybersecurity. but we we'll also say this is not really a, a, an episode about cybersecurity per se because a lot of people that are listening to us they they may have kids or they know people that have kids and uh and they're like, why should I even read my kids a book or buy my kids a book that is it seems so technical already? Make the connection, and why did you decided to introduce this cybersecurity topic with dragons and warriors and fantasy? I'm assuming an interesting story and and how that may make a difference on the way that a kid is going to perceive and maybe get inspired to get in a career of cybersecurity.
3: So the book, uh, what inspired me to write a book was actually another book, and it is called The Legend of Rock, Paper, Scissors. And my son brought this book home from a scholastic fair, and it has like a little rock character, a little paper character, and and uh, scissors and they all go through this like epic battle that (laughs) is like the story of rock, paper, scissors. And I was reading it with my kids and I thought, man, this would be really cool if it was relatable to to, like hacking groups. Um, And so I just went into hyper focus mode. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I wrote it all out. The first version of the book was a little bit less digestible. It was kind of like throwing cybersecurity like terminology in right in your face but uh after reading it through with some of my friends i decided to switch it and make it more digestible to really just focus on the types of things that a threat intelligence analyst or even a, a cyber security analyst or a digital forensics there's a lot of different niche areas in cybersecurity that could relate to this um outside of just threat intelligence but so that's in, instead of like having, you know, a technical jargon about ransomware and encryption, there's a dragon and he, he, he's he's tricky and he's part of this tricky dragons club.
1: Is he a hacker?
3: He represents a hacker.
1: I mean, the bad hacker, not the hacker. Book, not the not not a hacker.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So he represents a malicious hacker, a bad okay. hacker. But there is, you know, whenever I do read this to kids, one of the things I do let them know, like, you can grow up and be a hacker and be a good hacker. You're like, there's exactly. not all hackers are bad hackers.
1: Exactly. Absolutely. Yes. I, I wanted to highlight that myself. Sean, aren't you curious? Questions? Well, I know. I mean, there's
2: so many questions. I think, so you wrote it, it was technical you kind of retold the story uh, with a different or through a different lens, perhaps. Is that all I can think of is thinking of the business world, which this this book is about. But we have a tough time translating what's going on with threats and risks from a cyber perspective for the business. And what you're doing is is kind of translating what role I think what roles are in the world of cybersecurity, specifically around threat. Threat hunting and threat hunting so that the kids can understand that. So, maybe talk to me the transition from your initial story to what you ended up publishing. And what, what was that like?
3: So, the storyline itself remained the same. It was really just like the terminology that I used. Um, for example, in the story, the mighty warrior wears a special cloak that she. She wears it when she has to go to on specific types of adventures where she has to maybe go to like dark forests or, or things where she needs to hide her identity. And this represents a VPN or a virtual private network that security researchers and threat intelligence analysts often go to when we have to go to, you know, dark forests like the dark web and things like that. So the story really remained the same. I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to represent, I just wanted to make sure that as I'm, as I'm reading it to kids and as you know parents are reading it to kids and kids themselves are reading it, they don't just see jargon and terminology and, and acronyms that we love in technology and just get glazed over and bored because I don't know about you, but like my kids would much rather learn about a dragon versus you know a ransomware group.
1: Nicole, don't no, don't wanna, get me started with acronyms. <laughs> yeah, I know, but don't get me started with how the tech jargon in cybersecurity sometimes drive me crazy myself. Sean knows that. I you know, not coming from particularly that area, sometimes when we do podcasts where we talk about, you know, society and cybersecurity and, and so forth, I sometimes I have to ask him, um, what does this mean? <laughs> because it's just like always everywhere. So can you can you tell me uh, in, in our audience some of the way that you have translated this very common terminology in the industry to make it interesting and digestible for kids and I'm sure that would help a lot of adults as well to understand maybe cyber security better.
3: I have to agree with the acronym statement as well but it is. It is something that is challenging. I feel like as we get more technical, that like communicating non-tech or technical topics to maybe a non-technical audience can be really difficult. And and the way that I did it is, I tried to focus um, on the behaviors. Like, what am I doing, you know, through my day to day? What I, I tried to look at the core skills that maybe a kid would would need to learn. Or if you're interested in this core skill, like detective work, if you like solve solving crimes, looking for clues, you know, that's something that I do, um, in my job and, you know, researching, learning how somebody operates, you know, there's a certain psychology behind it. And it's really those key skills that if a kid knows that they could use that skill, in, you know, a STEM career, then I've done my job. You know, this book is really, I, my goal with the book was to inspire the next generation of not only threat intelligence analysts, but kids in STEM careers and technology careers, whether that be, you know, in specifically technology or maybe they wanna solve a crime in, you know, in bioscience, I don't know, but it's, it's really to get kids interested in STEM.
2: And so how, then how, Nicole, do you make the connection to the technology such that a, that a child can say STEM or science or technology is, is interesting to me? Um, Because I can think of a, a lot of books that may have had a good story, but then don't necessarily tell me, well, this is a path perhaps that I should take as a career opportunity.
3: So in the book that I do go over the different skills, like I go over, you know, looking for clues at the end of a crime, having libraries with lots and lots of books about different threats that you study and at the, um, I don't wanna give away the whole book, but at the end of the book, you know, it, it is announced that the, the, the mighty threat intelligence warrior is a threat intelligence analyst. And it doesn't necessarily dive deep into what a threat intelligence analyst is because this is just the first book. It is going to be a series. As the series goes on, it's going to discuss intelli- threat intelligence in more detail. But this one was really just to introduce, you know, the topic, the character, and kind of almost like a like a I don't want to say like a soft release, but just kind of introducing, you know, the character and the settings and and the idea of threat intelligence, but not in a you know too in your face type of way.
2: So it's the pilot. It's the yeah, pilot. and, and it has
3: innocent. yeah, it has the word threat intelligence in the title specifically, because a kid may not understand what is threat intelligence. The parent may not understand it. So then they're they're really going to go on that educational journey together. Like let's look it up. Let's let's see what that means and what you know what careers might be in that field.
2: And so, it, obviously, you mentioned series, so I'm going to go there for a second. Um, I don't want to take you too far into the future, but what I can envision is a, a series of whodunits, like the stories where kids can see a problem, see how somebody approaches the problem and, and works through the resolution and the research of that. Is that kind of what you're, you're working on here, is to kind of help them think
3: yes. the problem solve it's definitely to inspire critical thinking. There's always going to be a problem that needs to be solved. Um, But specifically I try to make it a problem that a threat intelligence analyst might solve. So something, you know, that's really important for a threat intelligence analyst to know. Sometimes maybe it's a mistake. Sometimes it's something that, you need to learn as a, as a threat intelligence analyst. So it's really going to be kind of uh, career focused, but also just you know honing in on those key skills and that problem solving is, is definitely one of them.
1: Now, I got so excited about the book that I didn't ask you to to explain what you do because people here may think like, hmm, she wrote a book about threat intelligence, Wonder what she does. Of course, they can do a little bit of analysis here. I understand that that's what you do, but tell us a little bit about how what you do in life and then, you know, the way that make you think about certain things that you already mentioned on how the acronyms or how we we don't really explain maybe what we do much in cybersecurity has been a factor in make you decide to write this book. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit here on on you, your origin story before you wrote the book.
3: So I'm a senior cyber threat intelligence analyst, and what that means is I do a lot of research on different cybersecurity topics, different types of attacks, different threat groups that are carrying out these attacks, um, as well as is analyzing just complex um, malware and 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 trying to provide prevention tips. And there's a lot that goes in it. But at the core of it, I do a lot of research, a lot of analysis, um, and a lot of uh, writing. There's a lot of writing in what I do um, in threat intelligence. Um, And another, it it didn't inspire me to write the book right away. um, But something that has motivated me since publishing is that there is not a lot of this type of content, not only um, in technology, but just STEM education in general, that goes into the actual career. There's there's a good amount in science, but as far as technology goes, um, when I was starting out in technology, I thought, well, cybersecurity sounds interesting, but I just assumed it was just engineering. I didn't really know about analysis and threat intelligence. And there's so many different niche areas you can go into. And I I didn't know they existed. And when I was a kid, the only thing that was really represented to me in the technology sector was coding and robotics and and that type of technology. There was never really anything introduced to me that was like cybersecurity base. I kind of had to find it on my own as I got into the field. and I want people to know, you know, you don't have to go down one route. There's so many different roads you can take in technology.
1: Yeah, well, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think everybody that is in this industry nowadays, way more than maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, realized that we need any sort of possible skills in, in this industry. And and the way that people perceive this is definitely different. But what I, I really like about this, and I, I'm sure Sean can can jump in this because we had this conversation so many times. I feel that this industry, and this career, it's really cool. The problem is that we haven't really marketed that way, right? So it, it kind of like is this coding? Not a coding is not cool, but for a kid, maybe you know, maybe it, it's not perceived that way, but. The point is in, in your case is a warrior, right? It could be any kind of hero, superpower that kids wants to do. They want to make a better world. They want to fight the bad guys. They want to fight and resolve the problem. So I, I really like the idea that you're using this kind of narrative to, to bring it to that. And, and I don't know, I love your opinion, for example, on how you think that being in this industry for so long, why is it not perceived this way? And and why even you had to say, you know what, it doesn't exist a book like this, I'm going to go ahead and write it.
3: I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I think threat intelligence is, is still fairly new. It's been around for a while, I think, more so on, in military intelligence. But as far as cyber threat intelligence itself, I feel as though the field is still very new. There's still a lot of people and organizations that aren't Quite sure what it is and what it um, entails. Um, so I think part of it, I guess you know, we can say that is because it is a fairly new field. Um, so I won't, I won't give the the industry too much um, for for not having anything like that. But I will say, outside of threat intelligence, you know, there's digital forensic analysis, there's malware analysis. Um, there's, you know, SOC analysts that are, there's incident response. There's so many things outside of just general engineering that the community doesn't do enough to promote, you know, we don't do enough to promote, Hey, this is what you need to get into all of these different areas. You know, this is the type of degree you should get, you know, or not get, uh, you really can just go into these and here's your career path. If you don't like it, you know, like, let's say you become a threat intelligence analyst and you don't, you're not really liking it that much. We should be able to provide more for people to be able to move laterally, you know, move to a different career. Use the tools that you've acquired in that position, you know, to move into this position. Um, everyone kind of feels like at least the people that I talk to in technology, that they're kind of on their own to, to research that and, and what they'd be good at and ask advice from other people.
2: And I I have to ask because the, I mean, when I, when I think of technology in general and cybersecurity, I I think we, we immediately go to a dude, (laughs) right. And uh, not, not a very diverse view, just having uh, the mind of a dude being uh, in technology. And I guess the point I want to make is your warrior is a strong woman, right. and, and so how how does your character start f- from scratch and and from and then from over time become the warrior that you represent in the story
3: so i i wanted to make sure that the warrior was a woman um because i want to inspire not only women In cybersecurity, but I also want to inspire more young girls to get into cybersecurity and and threat intelligence because, like you said, there isn't a lot of diversity in the field. And a lot of times, I feel as though when a woman is in the field, she kind of has to be a warrior, she has to be a strong warrior because it is kind of a male dominated space and you know i wanted to show that not only can you know the woman be the main character but she can also be really good at it and be strong and and relied on and be a really strong role model i don't know why that word was hard to think about (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: yes i love love that and i know marco probably has a question here but I am curious cuz we we had a nice little chuckle there and then and you, in the description of the book it's whimsical. Can you describe I'm I'm sure there's probably some words in there that that make it whimsical maybe it's a, a scenario or a situation maybe maybe it's the uh the uh, the, the drawings or or the, the illustration what can you give us an example of what what makes it fun and whimsical?
3: It's I would say it's definitely the drawings but also a little bit the characters. So this is a complete fantasy world where, you know, there could be animals walking upright with clothes on, with, a, uh, you know, uh, with just a small amount, you know, like when they, sh- you see cartoon characters and they just have like a little shirt. So it's like, it's completely fictional and it doesn't really follow any rules that you would see in like a traditional, um, Uh, non-fiction book and it also has just some really fun I won't give it away but it has some fun characters and a little bit of humor towards the end Um, and it kind of opens up the the world of the mighty threat intelligence warrior for the second book which is going to have loads of different fairy tale type creatures
1: well I love that because I'm all about that (laughs) I'm all about fantasy and and sci-fi and and story that sometimes are even nonsensical. Um, but but in this case, you know, you, you just push the the reader, I'm assuming, to 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 be analytical in a certain way, but in a also very funny, entertaining way. And what I'm curious to know is because you tell me and you just said it as well it's very much based on illustration together with, with your writing and i'm kind of curious to know the relationship that that you have with the with the illustrator is it someone that has experience in the in, in the same field or it was more like you giving um, a lot of direction and 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 living you know maybe more a creative approach from someone that is not in the industry that could be a plus sometimes when you when you're not too involved in in a in a topic to start with so what what's the relationship there
3: so the illustrator her name is charanya calamega and i hired her to do the illustration based on um she she is a she has some of her own books that are available on amazon that she has written and illustrated herself however she's not um you know, working with a major publisher and, and things like that. So she's, she's very much a freelancer. And this was my first book that I wrote. And I actually published the book myself. I, I formed my own publishing company to, to publish the book. So, you know, I don't have, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to pay, um, uh, you know, a well established illustrator. So it kind of worked out really well um, for what I could afford. But I could, I couldn't have expected how well she just she just rolled with it. She's not in the technology field, so mm-hmm. she's not aware of you know the typical like hacker, uh, like uh, office space. Like you know in <laughs> in mm-hmm. the hacking space and in cybersecurity, we really love having LED lights of different colors in our mm-hmm. desks and just having that like hacker-esque scene, she, she doesn't know anything about that. But when I was, I, I left some notes in, in when we were going through the, the, the illustrations and the planning. And I feel like just every time she just nailed it, she brought it to life in the most perfect way every time. So she's, she's just amazingly gifted and talented and I couldn't have, the, the book couldn't have been as amazing without, without her just bringing it to life. I mean, the cover, just the cover page, if you see the cover of the book, that was yeah. her first illustration. Like, I mm. had no edits. Like, it was like, it's immediately amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm actually looking at that right now. And that's exactly why I asked you that question, because I feel like maybe bringing, as it happened, somebody that doesn't have any experience in that field brought a lot of fresh perspective.
3: It 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 definitely did. And she has been a great source for that as 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 far as like does this make sense
1: <laughs> right which well, she had to understand it too before she could she could illustrate what you were saying so that that makes it even more interesting um i believe um yeah Sean, you think, have a any question
2: yeah i think t- telling yeah telling stories through pictures along with words and And leaving, leaving some imagination too. I I think probably (laughs) it's probably in there as well. I want to, I want to touch on this, Nicole, because I think it's, it's also another area that, uh, that I think listeners here might find interesting and and perhaps even inspiring. I do. I know I do. I mean, for you to be a, a threat intelligence analyst, amazing. I mean, just that alone <laughs> to write a book, holy cow! Right to to, to have a book that, that can get published, that's amazing. But you also started a publishing company, and I guess my my point here that I want to make is that I mean that, that that's incredible as well. Just to understand that world and what's involved and to start it yourself and to do it yourself, I mean that that is a and there's probably many other things too that you've done that we're not touching on here. But that that's another third huge accomplishments. So talk to me a bit about the, the publishing and setting that up and why the choice to to do that and maybe some of the challenges and perhaps even some of the, the fun you've had doing it.
3: So when I, um, after I wrote it and I was happy with the um, manuscript, before I even started looking for um an illustrator i started researching how to get published and my first thought was i probably need to find a book publisher and i started doing research on how you know how does an author get in with a publishing company and i soon found out most publishing companies don't work directly with authors most authors have literary agents which is similar to a talent agent for a model or an actor. So I started researching uh, uh, literary agents and seeing how could I potentially hire a literary agent so that I can get in with a publishing company. But a lot of the literary agents are super busy. And as you probably can imagine, just get spammed with book ideas that may or may not be finished. And a lot of them for children's books, because children's books are usually shorter, um, there's less time involved, they probably get even more spam. And so they're typically, they have to narrow down what their publishers want, you know, to specific topics. Um, But even then, a lot of times you have to go to these like conferences to be able to even meet them and then you have to have all of this pre- you know all of this research and everything ready for them for the chance to potentially meet them at this conference that may or may not happen and for me i have adhd and that's too much <laughs> and finishing things that i start is very challenging and so there was just too much red tape i needed I wanted to get it done. I was so proud of myself that I actually finished it. And so I said, I'm I'm just gonna do it myself. I knew about Amazon self-publishing, but I didn't really um, know what it would entail. The research that I did to potentially uh, submit my book to a literary agent actually helped me kind of understand the market that I was going into. Um, I decided to form my own company versus just, you know, publishing it under my name just because I thought it would be beneficial in the future because I could make it a small business. I can focus on STEM education, potentially take on new authors in the future, and and really focus on, you know, educating kids for STEM. Um, and so that's what I did. I formed the company. I did all the research and I utilized Amazon's print on demand so I can take my books off Amazon if I want and I could, you know, open a bookstore or, or sell it directly to a bookstore. But it doesn't make sense for me because Amazon has amazing shipping and it, the cost of using Amazon is free. So that was the best option for me. And it's worked out really amazingly, especially since Amazon is international. So my book is in people's hands that are in Germany and Australia and things that would have taken me a lot more time to try to figure out um, the logistics of. And so I'm I'm happy with, with the decision that I made. And I'm happy that I was able to cut through all that red tape and just just do it myself and show others that they, they can do the same thing. It's, it's not too difficult.
1: Wow. I lost
2: I, I was how many times research uh, was used <laughs> there because every, every problem, it's her you, job, you Sean. Time to her job. I, but it's, I think it should be everybody's job regardless of what you're <laughs> well, trying to accomplish. No, I mean, I there was a vision there and she researched, researched, researched to, to achieve that goal. And I think, I think it's, I think cool. it's
1: inspiring. I think it's inspiring for other people as well to just say, you know what, I have a brilliant idea. I don't want to deal with the people that are probably going to say no to a million things, you know, and and, and just go ahead and do it. It it, it tells the, how much she, she believes in it. And and Nicole, very quickly, the feedback so far, I mean, your mentioned is all over the world. Um, I'm, I'm just curious, you know, if parents – had share with you stories about their kids reading the book and and, and maybe envision a, a future for them or a love for stem that they didn't know they have but any anything any story do you want to share about that
3: i have had several people reach out and it's humbling every time every time someone sends me a picture of their kids with the book Mm-hmm. Or I have, I have coloring pages on my blog, and so sometimes people will print them out, and they'll show me, like, what their kids colored. And um, I've had individuals who live international who have translated the book, because it's only written in English right now, to their kids, and their kids have, have loved it. Um, and a lot of people, like I said, that aren't necessarily threat intelligence analysts, but are... In the field of cybersecurity in some other area, have also said, you know, hey, I've been trying to explain to my kids and not and my wife or you know, my husband what I do for um, a long time, and this just explains it so perfectly and so di- in such a digestible way.
1: That's that's impressive because I think it, a lot of people, like I said before, they they need to digest the, the entire industry. So that that's exciting. Before we we end, and my last question will be, you know, what comes next? So what other adventures the the warrior is going to have? You mentioned in the publishing. I'm very captivated by the way that you decided not only to make the publishing company to. Be able to publish your book, but also to eventually pick up other other authors that that may do something interesting. And and I'm 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 curious to know if you have already opportunity to talk to someone about this and and use your publishing experience and company to do so, or what would you like to be these this new business. I mean, some example of what you envision other books to be, I'm assuming still in the STEM um, area, but any, anyone on the radar to write with you or ideas for those that may say, Hey, you know what? I just started the podcast. Let me, let me get in touch with Nicole because I do have an idea.
3: So I don't have another author yet. Um, and I don't know for sure if I will, it's something that I'm open to. Mm-hmm. I might also think about interviewing people in different STEM careers and then kind of authoring the book based on them. And there, and you know, um, mm. there might be, you know, the mighty, not, you know, like some, they're mighty cardiologist or, you know, something. <laughs> I, I don't like want that. it to be broad. You know, I like kind of, narrowing in on these niche fields so that's kind of going to be what i what i do um and as far as the the my book it's going to be um a a very long series i'll i have multiple (laughs) already written so that that part is is super exciting for the next few years
2: nice one i'm i'm Tangentially familiar with uh, the whole children's book world and and the the challenges to to uh, see something through. So it's always great to see when when something actually comes together and makes it into the hands of of the kids and their parents. And and super cool that this one happens to be related to an industry that uh, that I'm in. So I, I, I love that, and cyber threat intelligence uh, again a, a really, really interesting role in in the world of risk management and and uh, detection and response. So, um, Nicole, congratulations on on the first book published on the publishing company with many more in the Hopper, and uh, the the yeah I'm excited to see where this goes and. And hopefully parents and and kids enjoy reading all about the warrior and the dragon.
3: Thank you.
1: And of course, uh, there will be links to the book and links to anything, uh, Nicole, that you would like to share with the audience so they can learn more about you and about the book. And hopefully, you know, give us a ton of feedback so that we can... uh, we can know how this uh warrior is doing, and and what else, are there, what other adventure is going to she's going to get into? Uh, maybe with dragons, maybe with uh, unicorns, maybe with uh, wizards. We'll see where they where they go. Uh, you're welcome, of course, to come back next time that you have a book out there and, and share more stories with us. We're always open on audio signals too to uh, promote uh, books, and especially if they're inspiring kids to come into the STEM, and, uh, and just maybe picture future that until they read the book, they, they didn't even know was a possibility. So thank you so much for that, and thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Audio Signals on ITSB Magazine.
0: Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. Nintex is the global standard for business process management and automation. The Nintex platform helps their clients accelerate progress on their digital transformation journeys, by quickly and easily managing, automating, and optimizing business processes. Learn more at nintex.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Audio Signals. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSBmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues.